Hi, I'm Melissa. And I'm Jesse. Welcome to the Reimagine Success Podcast. We're a husband and wife team who want to make a difference and change the way we all view success. We've had the privilege of interviewing so many amazing, talented, and successful guests. Each one of them experienced success in their own way. We want to change how society views success by inspiring you to live your best life and celebrate your successes no matter what that looks like, big and small. Success looks so different for everyone, and we want you to reimagine your success. Welcome to Season 2 of Reimagine Success. Welcome back to Season 2 of Reimagine Success. We have now rounded the corner of the last quarter of this season, and we're on our way up to Season 3. This is insane. Yeah, that's so exciting. And we just wanted to give a shout out to Cambodia. Welcome to the Reimagine Success Podcast. If you're listening from Cambodia right now, you need to go to any one of our social media channels at Reimagine Success Pod. And shout out to us because apparently we are doing really good in Cambodia right now. Our numbers are great there. And we're one of the top podcasts in self-help in Cambodia. Um, Actually, entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship. I'm sorry. Self-help in Canada, which is super cool. So that's super exciting for us. Like I I didn't even, I don't know anybody in Cambodia, but apparently now you're part of our Reimagined Success family. (laughs) Yeah. They know you. Yes, they know (laughs) us. They know us. Uh, yeah. And yeah. so we just want to say thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your support. Don't forget to tell your friends, your family. Uh, we love you guys and share your successes with us every single week. Yeah. And if you're just listening to this podcast, well, then you are missing out because we've got video versions of this very same podcast on our Patreon, patreon.com slash creative global. You can see us, yep. you can hear us two days earlier than you'll get this podcast yeah. on any other platform. And don't forget over there as well, we have our journey, which is behind the scenes of our life. Um, so we go a little bit more in depth and then we also get a little real over there with our real talk episodes. Not to mention, uh, most of our podcasts after we say goodbye to the guest on this, but what you're hearing, we keep going with them and talk for more time. And all of that content is there too. Yeah. So seriously, if you're not subscribed, I don't know what you're waiting for because there's so much good stuff and it's only $5. That's seriously less than a cup of coffee a month. To get or all a tank of gas yeah. if you're in America. <laughs> so get over there to creative global, uh, patreon.com slash creative global and become a patron today. Yeah. So we appreciate you guys. We are so excited for today's podcast. And with that, we're going to go ahead and introduce our guest. All right. So today we've got Jeff Lisowitz. And Jeff has devoted his life to creativity as an award-winning musician, producer, college songwriting professor, critically acclaimed author, distributed filmmaker, and internationally in-demand coach for creatives. Goodness. (laughs) So much. (laughs) As best, creativity is a way for us to be seen, expressed, and connected. With this philosophy as a guiding principle, he has helped empower countless people to tap deeply into their creative hearts to live richer, more fulfilling lives. By combining decades of street cred with personalized exercises, guided meditations, and NLP, which is neuro-linguistic repatterning Mm. techniques, Jeff's clients have overcome creative blocks, including fear of failure, the inner critic, imposter syndrome, etc. He's got a great book called No Effing Around, the No Bullshit Guide for Getting Your Creative Dreams Off the Ground, and it's Jeff's first critically acclaimed book. With that, let's welcome Jeff to the podcast. Welcome, Jeff. Hello, hello, and thanks for having me. Yeah, this is so exciting. So Jesse and I, we were talking about this podcast, like we've been talking about it, and we're just so excited because there's so many 
um, facets that uh, you and actually Jesse have in common. And mm -hmm. so I'm ready to dive into it and get to know you a little bit better. Yeah. Let's dive in. Let's well, dive in. Yeah. Awesome. Well, why don't you start by telling everybody your story, where you came from, how you got to this place, what you've done. <laughs> All right. So uh, as possibly you or many of your listeners were, I was a weird, friendless kid. Oh, that was yeah. me too. I knew yeah. you were okay. right on the same page here from kindred the get-go. Kindred souls, kindred right souls. Right out of the gate. <laughs> <laughs> so imaginary worlds, you know, that kind of thing. When I was just maybe seven or eight years old, really a little kid, I went away to summer camp in the Pocono Mountains of Pennsylvania. It's a sleepover camp. Mm -hmm. And uh, every night after dinner, they had a, a little time period called free play where the mm. kids would just run amok and you could sort of do whatever you wanted. But this one summer, this was like the late 70s, there was an empty cabin. And one of the counselors, one of these 20-year-old guys, brought up his drum kit, a big mm. 70s stereo, and a couple milk crates filled with records so for mm. you younger nice. folks that was how you did it back then <laughs> so this guy would go there every night after dinner and play the drums to his stereo and I as a little kid would kind of sit 30 or 40 feet away under this tree and you know the sun was going down the fireflies were coming out and I was wow something's up in there <laughs> one day he comes out he's like hey kid come here I'm like what me I'm like yeah <laughs> He's like, yeah, you want to come in and check this out? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I go in there and it's just, it's an empty cabin with a drum kit and a stereo. And he puts on the Who song, Won't Get Fooled Again. Mm, and if you one. know that one, that is a major rock song. And this guy just bangs the hell out of these drums. And my little eight-year-old heart explodes. Aww. Right? Bet you thought yeah. you were sitting in front of Keith Moon himself. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Who may have actually still been alive at that point. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, that was just like the start with the music. Yeah. So, you know, a couple of years later, it's, you know, I'm in high school. What do you want to be when you grow up, Jeff? Rock star. That was not <laughs> what my parents had, you know, in mind for me, <laughs> of course. So anyway, to, you know, make my whole life into the next 30 seconds, I've done all kinds of music, music for film and TV, uh, won Best Independent Electronic Artist in the World oh, wow. a while ago. That was pretty sweet. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I teach songwriting at a college. I, I worked for a radio station when I first got to Seattle in the 90s that broke grunge music to the world. It was oh, nice. A radio station. And they hired me as a music journalist. I had a lot of experience in that. And they're like, have you ever heard of a little thing called the World Wide Web? <laughs> like, uh, no, not really. But if it's a job and I get to hang out with rock stars, yes. Mm -hmm. um, so that was that. And then, you know, films, screenplays, the books, photography, just on and on and on with all kinds of creative stuff. And then, of course, the coaching and mm -hmm. the NLP, which is kind of bringing all this, all of these experiences Mm -hmm. into a world of like helping people right, right? helping creatives because it's kind of like man if i knew when i was 20 years old what i knew now it would mm -hmm. save me a lot of uh a lot of you know a lot less pain yeah so now you i mean you've done it seems like everything in the creative world 
Mm, pretty much. <laughs> well, like, it's it's certainly not everything, but it is yeah, a bunch like, of different stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like it. Like I I feel like, and and I feel like with all three of us in the in the room, we've done. I've done a little bit of acting. Um, you know, Jesse uh, performs in shows all the time, and you are a crazy musician. So this and is, screenwrite and screenwrite, like this is awesome. It's like yeah. It's so, so impressive. First of all, like the fact that you've been able to do all those things and the credentials that come along with mm -hmm. it and how you've been successful at all of those things. And so with music, I'll just start there. And, um, because you know, that's what I'm interested in. <laughs> <laughs> so with music, you, you were infatuated with the drums. What was the first instrument that you actually started playing? Well, I actually started playing uh, acoustic guitar first. My dad had a crappy old acoustic guitar and it, uh, my parents got me this terrible teacher. Like it was just awful. <laughs> so that worked for about five minutes. And then, you know, fast forward a couple years. Now I'm like 14 or 15 and I'm sort of turning into some juvenile delinquent. And my, uh, you know, my parents like, you got to get a hobby. You got to mm -hmm. do something or you're yeah. just going to get in trouble. And I'm like, okay, I want to play guitar, but it has to be an electric guitar and I have to pick the mm -hmm. teacher. And nice. like, okay. And they got me this like seriously crappy electric guitar. <laughs> and I found this long haired metal guy uh, to, to teach me. And that was, that was it. Like, nice. Yeah. My, my first guitar, electric guitar was, a solid red, uh, except for the fretboard, solid red gremlin. I don't know if you have you ever heard of a gremlin guitar. Yeah, uh, I've heard of the car, not the, not the guitar. <laughs> I mean, the guitar was pretty much a lot like the car. <laughs> it had one pickup, and that was about it. Just it was not a good guitar, but I cut my teeth on that thing playing, you know, six hours a day, every single yeah. day, because I just. I had like you, I had no friends. Mm -hmm. I had nothing else going for me. I was the nerdy kid that everybody picked on. I was like, oh, well, here's my best friend. And I just sat at the edge of my bed for hours upon hours and got good yeah. real fast. And starting with a less than stellar instrument, I would actually recommend it. Same. To yep. People, because first of all, if you get something good, you don't even know what you've got. Mm -hmm. And second of all, you need to earn your way up the food chain on this mm. stuff. Yeah. Right. As far as instruments and gear go. Yeah. yeah. It used to drive me crazy because I was a uh, middle school orchestra and chorus teacher for a bunch of years. And um, I'd have students coming in. They'd be like, Mr. Biondi, because I'd always play guitar it, in my class. And they'd be like, I just got a guitar. Oh, yeah. What'd you get? I got a tailor. I'm like, a tailor? These are like $2,000 at a minimum, you know, for those guitars. It's like, seriously, you're 12 and you, you've got a better guitar than I do. It just made me so mad. <laughs> Hey, Jesse, you can't say anything because Jesse has like eight guitars over there that are awesome. <laughs> yeah, now. But when I was 12, it, I had a gremlin. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Jeff, how did you get into filmmaking? What, what uh, led you down that road? Well, I've always loved movies. I mean, a great movie can and does transport us at, mm -hmm. like, literally out of our physical and emotional experience when you're in a, like a really great movie you are in the story yeah yeah oh yeah uh, the first time i i really got this i th i think was as a little kid seeing star wars with my mm. dad mm. where i was like whoa this is magical and big and amazing 
So I've always wanted to, you know, be involved in movies. I've written, you know, a bunch of screenplays over the years. I've tried uh, many times to get screen, to sell screenplays to Hollywood, a mm-hmm. very, very, very difficult thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I don't know how long ago it was, eight years ago, maybe. I was like, you know what, you guys, screw it. I'm making my own movie. Nice. Yeah, it's a way to do it. So I come from, a, you know, sort of a punk rock background in some ways. And one of the tenets of punk rock is DIY or do yes. it yourself. Yes. Right. And I've always believed that. And I use that philosophy like literally probably every day. So it was like, okay, you guys don't want to buy it. What's it going to take to make a movie? I didn't go to film school. What do I know? Well, I got to get a camera crew. I got to get some actors. I can write a script. So I did the thing. It cost me way more than I thought it was. Yes, all the time. (laughs) Which is a common story Mm -hmm. for filmmakers. And then, you know, I finished this thing and the typical route is you put it, it's called Mystic Coffee. It's about a wise and magical barista. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I sent this out to all these uh, film festivals Mm -hmm. and I got turned down by every single one of them. I'm like, whoa, wow, I must suck at this. Okay, maybe (laughs) I need to, whatever. And then out of the clear blue, a couple of months later, I get this phone call and it's this woman and she says, hey, a friend of mine at one of these film festivals turned me on to your movie. We we want to license it for international distribution. Nice. Oh, wow. Which is like stipping, uh, yep. skipping a step. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. Normally you get into the film festivals, hopefully you win something at a film festival, then people might approach you if you're lucky. Yes. Um, so this was kind of amazing. And that thing has been out there uh, for a while now. Nice. Wow. That's amazing. Now, since you, um, since you did that, have you done any other film, um, processes or wrote scripts or sold it for distribution? Yeah. Yeah. So I have done other film projects, Mm -hmm. um, documentaries and things like that. I'm also working on something now called Docutronica. Uh So this is something, uh, this is an expansion of something that I developed years ago. Um, I realized that all of my songs were always in some ways about me, even if they were in the third person. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? I want to write songs that have nothing to do with me, stories that are not mine. So I went out and recorded interviews with some people who had really intense stories, a blind man, Mm. a heroin addict, a Buddhist mystic. Mm things like this and cut their recorded the their audio and then cut it into electronic music and that is what won the best independent electronic artist mm. uh, award years ago That's so just cool recently thing. i started making films around these mm. so i've made a film i just i mean it's literally 20 years later i just made a music video for the song surrounded by shadows which is about the blind man mm. That's awesome. You know what? It's so funny because Jesse has so many 
um, notes and, and songs and things that pieces of songs that he has in his notepad and he'll come back to something and it might be 10 years, five years later. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you know what, now it's time to make this. Now it's time to resurface this. I'm ready for this song. And it's really cool that you didn't throw anything away that it's just been sitting there and you're ready to go whenever you are. Absolutely. And that's how creativity does. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta hit when it strikes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes something will hit you now, but it's not for now. It's for whenever. Uh, is there a place, can we still access that music and um, mm -hmm. your movie even? Like where, where yeah, can you hear absolutely. All these, see all these things? So um, you can find my music on any of the streamers. It's called cool. Electron Love Theory. Uh -huh. Electron, Electron Love, Theory. Love Theory. And if you go to electron-love-theory.com, you will find all kinds of stuff, including the video for Surrounded by Shadows. So that's from my first album. Okay. But I've had a, a couple of other albums, including one where I did um, electronic versions of U2 songs with female singers. Oh, nice. That Ooh, sounds so. intriguing. I'm, I'm checking you out as soon as we're done here. That sounds <laughs> yeah, amazing. Check, check it out and crank it out, my man. <laughs> That's great. Now, all of this creative and all of these creative endeavors, how do you feel like these, these endeavors connect us? Well, Great art or even good art will connect us on an emotional level mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because essentially what's going on here in great art is an overlap or an intersection of both personal experiences and universal human themes. Mm. Okay. So of course, no one of the billions and billions of people who have walked this planet have lived your lives or my life or anyone's except that person. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So everyone has a specific story and a specific perspective. That said, all humans have very similar universal themes. Mm -hmm. We all experience love and loss, right? Yep. Joy and heartache. So in creating really powerful art, that is what happens. We can express it. And then the audience can sort of, can sort of, uh, you know, connect with it in mm -hmm. that sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Love that. And it's so true because uh, no matter what I've written songs about, I've always had people come to me and be like, oh man, you don't have any idea, but I've been going through that exact same thing. And that song spoke to me at this very moment. And that's honestly mm -hmm. why I do what I like one of the main reasons yeah. besides the fact that I just love music and I can't stop loving music. But the reason I continue to write songs and put them out is because I keep getting these comments of, you don't know how much that touched me right where I was and spoke to the exact situation. And for me, that's the joy of doing this because it, it brings people to a different place. And so can, can you talk to that a little bit on how people can live a richer, more fulfilled life through creativity? Well, sure. Um, first, from the audience perspective, whether it's a listener or a viewer or, you know, looking at a painting or reading a book or, you know, anything. It's simply to first pay attention, mm -hmm. right? A lot of times people are distracted. Mm -hmm. You know, my music students, you know, I teach, I think I said I teach songwriting at a college, right? I asked, I asked them, you know, one time, 
So when was the last time you like turned up the stereo and sat there and listened to it? Mm. And almost all of them said they've never done it. Mm. It's just become background noise for them now. Yeah. Right. So it's like, you know what? These artists, myself and you, I'm sure included, spend a lot of time Mm -hmm. crafting this audio. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff in there that you can't hear while you're driving down the street and washing the dishes. I mean, it's great to listen to music while you're driving down the street and washing dishes, but you're not going to experience it fully. Yeah. So pay attention you know in a film or something look at you know why what did that what's that dialogue really saying Mm. right Ooh, that camera moves like that Uh, you know my just notice how the art amplifies in many ways reality Mm -hmm. yeah and then from a you know a creator's perspective we can make our lives richer simply by creating at any level so that's something I definitely want to stress here. There's certainly all kinds of levels of creativity from people who are practiced and educated and, you know, all this and that. And that's great, you know, if you do that and it's pro for you or whatever. Mm-hmm. But just doodling on the weekend is powerful. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, playing some song if you know three chords. Yeah. Right dancing around your living room because you like to dance like it's all it all counts so creativity at its best as you mentioned in the bio is a way for us to be seen expressed healed and connected Mm -hmm. so what does that mean to be seen often in this life we are not particularly well seen you're driving down the street you basically don't matter except people try to get out of your way Mm -hmm. you know at work and a situation like that, yeah, people might know you, but they don't really know you that much and they don't care. It's, you know, it's like a little acquaintance. And then your real people, hopefully, you know, your partners and siblings and parents and good friends, hopefully they understand you and get you. But in my experience, they only see parts of us. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's the being seen. To be expressed in my definition simply means to go from the potential to the actual. So think of the dancer on Saturday night and she knows all the moves, but on this particular moment, she's sitting in the corner while that disco ball is spinning around and that beat is thumping. She's not expressed as a dancer in that moment, mm-hmm. right? Just like a painter, you can have a whole bunch of paints, but until you're painting, sort of doesn't mean a whole lot, Yeah. right? Then the next part is um, being healed through our creativity. Well, I believe that any creator who creates with authenticity and vulnerability finds some kind of catharsis, some kind of healing in simply the act of doing it. And that doesn't mean it has to come from this big, dark place. Okay. It often does, but it doesn't have to. Healing can also be a celebration, right? What's the healing in a love song? It's like, wow, no more lonely nights. Come on over (laughs) here, baby. Right? Right. That kind of thing. Right. So when we are seen, expressed, and healed through our creativity, we give our gift of creativity to the world. And when I say the world, I don't mean, you know, the top of the bestseller list. I mean, even one other person. Mm -hmm. Here's where it gets cool. When you give your gift of creativity to others, you become the gift Mm. because you show others that they can be seen, 
expressed and healed. Mm -hmm. And this changes fundamentally what creativity is, okay? From something cool or fun or interesting, which it still can be all those things, mm -hmm. but it also changes us as creators into these sort of like underground top secret ninja rock stars <laughs> who are secretly connecting the world mm -hmm. and helping others to be seen and heard. And this is one of the biggest things on the planet that is not happening right now. Yeah. Right? If mm -hmm. we can see and understand each other better, we will connect and integrate both individually, in groups, as a society, and a whole world. I love that. You know, Jesse and I, we have a hashtag and it's hashtag one happy world because we really feel like if everyone is connected, we're, we're literally made of all the same space dust. We are all the same yet different experiences, which if we collaborate that and talk about our, our experiences, then we'll resonate with one another and we'll actually know each other just from our stories. And it's, it's really cool that you talk about healing from creativity because I feel like it's a lot of times for creatives in nowadays, it does come from a dark place because oftentimes, you know, we're put in situations where, there, we have to figure out something. And a lot of that is creativity. Um, like for me, I got into drama when I was in high school, you know, and I was kind of the shy girl. I didn't talk to him. I didn't have a lot of friends and I got pushed out on stage by my drama teacher when I was like, no, I can't do this. I can't do this. You know, the door opened, she pushed me out. And then all of a sudden I was like, La 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 la, you know, <laughs> and just shining, and you know the the stars opened up and the heavens, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I loved it, and after that moment, I could never thank her enough for just pushing me and pushing me forward and um, opening myself creatively, you know, as a creative and, and having my voice heard and not only that, but like that stemmed my entire life from those moments. So mm -hmm. it really is the, the people who give creativity to the young ones I actually wanted to start a, a youth camp where I wanted to help kids who maybe went through foster care or foster homes, you know, go and figure out what it is they love. What's their passion? What's their creative endeavors? It could be math. It could be anything. Um, but when we start learning what we love at a young age, it just helps us blossom and grow into young adults. Absolutely. Get that camp going. Give me a call. I'm there. Yeah. No, I, we're going to. It's it's coming. Yeah. Well, I was going to call it Children Without Parents, and then the name got swooped up. So I was like, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> so Children Without Parents, if you're listening, I'd still love to collaborate with you. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, could you tell us a little bit about NLP, the Neuro Linguistic Repatterning, and why it's important? Sure. So NLP, Neuro Linguistic Repatterning, that is uh, something that I use in my coaching practice. Mm -hmm. It is a series of tools and techniques that was developed, um, started to be developed in the 70s mm. by a bunch of, a couple of grad students. And it is ways to help us untangle our subconscious blocks, identities, and belief systems so that we can be more conscious about our choices and thus create a more powerful, richer life. Mm 
Mm. And are you doing that with or without psychedelics? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is without, although I'm sure somebody out there is doing it with. Um, yeah, it is. It, it is very powerful techniques and mm. it, you know, it's hypnosis and language patterns and things like this. And, you know, basically what happens is as we grow up, we all internalize various beliefs about the world and identities about ourselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if these things are positive, that's great. If you believe, hey, I'm smart and good looking and I can start a summer camp. Hey, <laughs> that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Right. But if it's, you know, when things get hard or, you know, people are out to get me or things like that. So I'm not even going to try. Well, that's going to be self-defeating. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And if that gets subconscious, which it will, everything that comes at you is going to sort of go through the subconscious filter. You're going to react to it, make decisions, and your life is, is not going to go nearly as far as it could. Mm. So, yeah. so I use these kinds of techniques in my coaching to yeah. help. Oh, I was just going to say, we've got so much conditioning that holds us back. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, everything from the way you put on your pants and, yeah. you know, you, which leg you start with, that's conditioning. It's sure. and the way we think about ourselves, mm -hmm. people don't understand. You can change that. You can literally stop thinking yeah. that you're worthless and start believing that you're limitless. Yeah. That you can do anything. And once, once people start doing that, it's it's over for yep. the system that has been built in this world. Like if yep. we could get everybody just to believe, Hey, you're worth more than what you think you are. Yep. You're limitless. You can do anything you want. This stupid system where everybody's working these ridiculous jobs and everybody's miserable and depressed and they just go home and watch TV and start over the next day. You yep. know, like that would be over immediately if people actually believed what they're capable of. And acted upon it. Yes. And yeah. acted, yes. Yes. So you're right. We want to change the world. I'm, I'm with you on that. And the changing of the world begins with the self. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. And it's it's just kind of what I what I said with the, you know, seen expressed heel connected stuff. Mm -hmm. It's like be the example. I mean, Gandhi said it, right? Right. You know, be be the example or be be whatever. the change you want to see in the change. world. Yep. Yeah. 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 And it's really true. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. And with your practice, um, I know you, you talked a little bit about meditation, but with your practice, you do a lot of meditation throughout your, um, your process. Can you talk a little bit about meditation for those that don't know anything about it and how it's so useful for us? Sure. If you want a practice that has been going on for thousands of years in mm -hmm. cultures all over the world mm -hmm. that will help you physically and emotionally heal, expand. Mm -hmm. It will make you feel better. It will make you more effective and it's free. <laughs> right. <laughs> you may want to start meditating. So, you know, I say that sort of as a joke, but it's, it's not, it's no joke. Right? It's no joke. It's no joke. If you get into a practice and quiet your mind on a daily basis, even just for five or 10 minutes and kind of expand it from there, mm -hmm. you will soon start to see real changes in both your reality, sort of what's going on around you within yourself, which is mm -hmm. even more important, 
Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. And your consciousness, right? Because meditation, I believe, is a way to help us expand our consciousness, not our intellect. Mm -hmm. right? It's different. Our intellect is our brain. And hey, y'all have great brains and that's fantastic and go use them and do cool stuff. But you're more than a brain. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Yes. Right. And, you know, if you want to get into the metaphysics and the magic of it all, uh, I think that's a yes. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I love it. <laughs> but love this it. is our bread and butter. So yeah. go yeah. right ahead. Go, go for it. <laughs> our audience yeah. knows where we stand on this. <laughs> okay. So that that's where the connection is. It is, you know, bigger than our minds, bigger than our bodies, all that kind of stuff. We are all connected in all these ways, but this is one of the, the, the core well, I mean, I guess they're all elemental in a way. I mean, mm -hmm. your, phys your physicality is elemental, but this is elemental in a different sort of sense. So I, I, I can't say enough about daily meditation and I use, I have created a guided meditation. So there's a million ways to meditate, you know, mm -hmm. to read a book or something and figure it out. Um, YouTube. <laughs> YouTube, you know, there's a million things out there. But for, for me, you know, guided meditations are great. And mm -hmm. what I've noticed by doing a ton of them over the years is that all the music is kind of like, eh, you know, it's, it's, it's usually pretty mediocre mm -hmm. and it's all very fluffy and light and hey, nothing wrong with fluffy and light, but I want some beats, yo. Mm -hmm. So I actually created some very chill electronic beats, mm -hmm. which I deliver a, quite a few um, guided meditations to as a spoken word kind of piece. So that's pretty cool. Nice. I haven't done any guided meditations, but I have a meditation album myself called songs for the soul where, uh, you know, like you, I, I get bored with meditation music. And as somebody who has an orchestral background, I was a cello major uh -huh. in college. And, uh, you know, like I said, I've done uh, orchestra teacher for many years. I, I love to compose in an orchestral composition, but I, I started doing that with electronic sounds, you know, stuff that are nice. synthesized and that mm -hmm. sort of thing. And, and started just dabbling in composed meditation music instead of just that, like you said, boring, kind of ethereal, same yeah. kind of notes over and over and over. Mine actually takes you on a journey. And nice. uh, so I'm actually looking forward to listening to yours because if it, if you kind of have that same mindset, I love that vein of music because not a lot of people are doing that these days. Yes. Cool. Yeah, your stuff sounds great too. Yeah. Now, yeah. now, where can someone listen to your guided meditation? Well, that one, uh, they're going to have to give me a call and sign up for a coaching session. Ah, okay. okay. So it's all included. It's like a process. So it's yeah. it's, it's really mind, body, soul is is kind of where you're connecting sure. people, and and it's all being connected through creativity. Absolutely. Yep. You know, my clients are anything from people who have never written a song or a story before and they really want to do it and they've been like really you know squished over the years mm -hmm. to like some serious like heavy hitters mm. top people you know in various industries broadway musicians rock star types you know visual effects you know mm. guys it's like it's it's a really cool gig let me tell you that <laughs> you know creatives all over the place so i um, bet um, yeah that's why we do this <laughs> no, it's great. And, you know, the really amazing thing is the more that you connect with other people, 
Um, uh, you know, our, our thing is, is word of mouth and word of mouth, the more connection that you make, the, the more that you're able to get out there and talk to people. And, you know, that's why we love doing this podcast because now people that didn't know who you were are like, Hey, Jeff, you know, we should go talk to him and do his guided meditation, do his courses, learn Mm -hmm. a little bit about us. How can we get out of this mindset that we're not creative? And how do we get into the mindset that we are creative people? Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about your book because I am really excited to dive into this one. Yeah. I love this title. No effing around the no bullshit guide for getting your creative dreams off Ah, the ground. There it is right there. there. For those who are not on Patreon, Patreon, you're not seeing it and you're missing out. (laughs) It's so cool. It's really cute. I love it. So this is critically acclaimed. Yes. And uh, it's part of your course, the book. Uh, well, I don't really have a course. I do private coaching okay. one-on-one, although I do, you know, do classes and stuff sometimes. Okay. And I do corporate, you know, things like that, you know, workshops and stuff like that. But essentially, um, you know, when I'm working with individuals, it's, it's one-on-one. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. So uh, would they want but, to read the book before working with you? Well, I mean, I guess they should read the book before, no matter what. During and after is what yes. I'd recommend. <laughs> um, nice. I, I mean, it's a short book. It's really not that long. And as you uh, people on the video can see, there's cartoons all over the place, there's cool. all kinds of graphic design and things like nice. this going on. Um, so I have people who tell me years after they bought it, um, you know, I keep this on my bedstand and every once in a while, I just read a chapter. Nice. Cool. Yeah, I yeah. love that. So now give us a little synopsis for the listeners who have never heard of this book before. Right. So not effing around the no bullshit guide for getting your creative dreams off the ground. Um, I wrote this as a book that I wish I read when I was younger. Right. Mm. Doesn't it always come from a need? Everything that we create and we, we love is comes from a need. Absolutely. So this thing kind of goes through a bunch of different ideas, which I consider simple and easy to read and fast, and yet still very chewy. Mm-hmm. Mm. They are big ideas like the, you know, like the bit I was telling you before. <laughs> Again, you'll need to be on Patreon to, to see that. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's it's a distillation of a lot of my philosophies a lot of the stuff that you know we talk about in the coaching and there's way more i mean i could write a hundred bucks really i am a i'm a i'm a big thinker yeah (laughs) yeah well thinking equals creativity equals writing so keep going Yeah. yeah now can you tell us a little bit about the ic I know that you have, um, uh, why is it, why does it stop so many people from achieving, achieving their creative potential? Yeah. So the ick, the inner critic, I mm-hmm. see it, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we all are born and live with the inner critic. Yes. And that's okay, right? It's there for a reason. And the inner critic is there to keep us safe. Okay, that yeah. is legit. However, in the modern world, the inner critic has, in many ways, for many of us, taken over and gotten way too much authority. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so there is a time when the inner critic should, the inner critic's voice should be heated. Um, you know, it's a good idea not to do cartwheels at the edge of the cliff. <laughs> right? Hey, inner critic says, hey, hey man, hey. you know, cut it out. Not a great idea. <laughs> but when the inner train's coming, you should walk away from the tracks. <laughs> exactly, that kind of thing. On the other hand, we often, you know, find ourselves in positions where, you know, I want to release that song and we'll just do another music example. I want to put my song out on Spotify, but I'm so scared to do it, mm -hmm. right? The inner critic is, is telling you, you're not good enough. You're not, you know, it's whatever. It's not interesting, whatever. There's mm -hmm. a million songs like it. And that stops us from doing these things. And that is not cool because mm -hmm. there is really not that much of a risk to doing these things. The things that generally happen when you put stuff out as a creative is people love it, people hate it, mm -hmm. or nothing happens. And I got to tell you, the nothing happens is usually what happens yep. <laughs> most of the time. Right? Um, so essentially, if you're getting any feedback at all, you're doing all right. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And even if it's negative feedback, although, you know, nobody likes to hear negative feedback, mm -hmm. it's also true that that negative, that kind of feedback could be beneficial to you. Mm -hmm. Hey man, where is, there's no, there's no chorus. You're like, huh, actually there isn't a chorus. Maybe I should have put a chorus in there. Yeah, maybe I should rewrite this. <laughs> right. Um, so we really just have to watch out for the inner critic and try to understand what its value is. Mm -hmm. And if it's really relevant in the situation that we're thinking, and again, we have to be conscious of this mm. for, to, to deal with it. Because as you know, if you're unconscious of something, that's the inner critic saying all this stuff to you and you don't even know that you're hearing it, mm. right? When yep. it's subconscious, you're screwed. You got to yeah. get, that's where the meditation comes in and all the rest of it. Yeah. So now have you ever had your inner critic ever stop you in your tracks from trying anything? Oh, uh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, plenty of times in the past and over time, I, I believe I've largely gotten over that and I'll, I'll port this over to a story. Um, a friend of mine who is an astrologer mm -hmm. one time looked at my chart and she says, wow, Jeff, here, I'm going to boil this down to the bottom line. Your chart is ready, fire, aim. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I often kind of leap without looking, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then figure it out on the way. And that's also part of my philosophy because people are really so, they, they, want, they want the circumstances to be perfect in whatever they're mm -hmm. doing. And they want to be more educated. Mm -hmm. And they want to be well-practiced and all those things are fine. Nothing wrong with them. The problem is when they stop you from actually doing the thing you're trying to do. Yeah. yeah. Well, you actually talk a lot about failing fast. Does this go into that a little bit about failing fast? Absolutely. So first of all, I have interviewed in various roles and things many, many, many creatives, business leaders, all types like this. Mm -hmm. And I always ask them, so what's your, you know, what's up with failure? And I always get a version of the same thing, which is like, ah, oh, shit, 
failure. Mm-hmm. It's, it's my best friend. Yeah. <laughs> it really yeah. is. Yeah. It really is. So people are scared of failure. Nobody mm-hmm. likes to fail. And of course, you don't. We all want to succeed, but that's not how it, that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So the first thing you want to do in uh, your process here is you kind of set your goal, you do your thing. Oops, I failed. Mm-hmm. Didn't get to my goal. So the first thing is let's rename failure and call it feedback. Mm. Love that. Okay. So feedback, right? So that means let's ask as many questions from as many perspectives as possible of why this didn't work and why it did work. Mm Because oftentimes, you know, failures are just not getting the whole way to the goal. Yeah. Right. So, wow, this and this worked. Okay. We should probably keep that. But this, mm, I don't think that was happening. And this, you know, maybe I could have developed this more, you know, whatever, all these kinds of things. You take all that, you take a breath, you iterate your process or your product or whatever you're doing, you put it out again, and guess what's going to happen? Probably you're going to get some more feedback. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And that's okay, because it takes step after step after step. And you, by the way, you shouldn't feel bad about this mm-hmm. in a, on a personal level, because corporations spent you know start new projects just like you you would with you know small budget you know doing whatever you're doing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and on those fails they sometimes lose hundreds of millions of dollars oh yeah services that just didn't fly right Mm -hmm. oops but they tried they iterated they tried right and they just at some point they're like we can't do it which is a which is another good uh, life coaching lesson you always want to you always want to look at your goal, understand your why, why you're trying to do that thing, and realize that that it's okay if that goal moves. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Right? Yep. Sticking with the same goal is a really kind of rigid mindset. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And if you let it go a little bit, you might just find that, huh? If I move this a couple degrees to the left, that actually feels better, flows easier, and it's kind of more up my alley and skill set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got uh, whiteboards literally all over our office mm-hmm. here, and probably like six of them. And we are always writing goals that we have lists upon list upon mm-hmm. list of things that we want to accomplish. And then sometimes we will like this goal over here will be achieved, but then that changes this goal over here. And so this mm-hmm. goal over here is not really relevant anymore because right. this goal over here overshadowed it, took its place. Or we do something that we didn't even know was a goal and it just kind of happened. And we're like, oh, this overseeds all of these goals over here because now we're on a completely different trajectory, you know? <laughs> yeah. But also uh, talking about failure, when we're creating these goal boards, we're just throwing crap out against the wall, you know, like Mm -hmm. the the old saying, throw it against the wall, see what sticks. And and a lot of stuff doesn't stick. We say a lot of stupid things to each other. Uh, And with some of our staff, we have a company called Creative Global Entertainment. And we always have these brainstorming sessions. And it's like, we tell the people we work with, don't be afraid to say literally anything that's on your mind. I don't care how dumb it seems at the moment. It might spark something Mm -hmm. that comes out later because you said that ridiculously stupid thing then so it's it's like you're saying you want to get that feedback that's going to impact what your actual goal is and you want to get to that point as quickly as possible so failing fast sounds amazing yeah if you look at it from that perspective 
And you, you have to make sure that you don't stop. You know, if you, just because you fail doesn't often always mean that you should stop. Like you failed, you learn. And if you can keep going, keep going with it. Absolutely. I would say it almost never means you should stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the problem is that so many people get beat down by those little mm-hmm. failures. So what would you tell people to, to do to keep pushing ahead after a difficult challenge? Like if it's a really big failure, like what, what do you tell that person to keep going forward? Well, the first thing is, you know, take a step back, right? Because here's the thing. Most people have a lot of talk and a lot of ideas and don't do shit about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So doing something and getting some feedback from it is worlds ahead of the zillions of people who are sitting around thinking about doing something and playing video games all night. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Nothing wrong with video games in moderation. Yeah. Right? But the point is any step forward is a step towards your goal. Uh, right after college, I moved to Los Angeles and I lived with a guy who was an actor, okay? And this guy would go out for audition after audition, hundreds of these things. Mm. And he would like, he would never get anything decent. It was just, I couldn't believe it. Like I just saw this. And one day I was like, hey man, what's the deal with these auditions? Why do you keep doing this? And he said something that blew my freaking mind. And 20 some years later, I'm talking about it on the podcast. (laughs) Uh, He said, the chances of me succeeding are infinitely greater if I go on one more audition, if I Mm. try one more time. Mm. I'm like, holy shit, you're right. If, I mean, if you don't try, you're obviously not going to succeed. Yeah. Yeah. So trying and failing is actually a star and a feather, right? This means, wow, I gained a lot of experience. Mm-hmm. I learned what not to do. I learned what I what to do, mm-hmm. right? I can't tell you how many times I failed in, in my life and creative endeavors. I mean, it's like, it's astonishing. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I've gotten these other, you know, accolades and, and whatever is because of all that failure. Mm-hmm. Right. So what I would say to anybody is just like, take a breath, remember your why, feel your heart, you know, why are you doing this? And then just do it. Keep going. Yeah. That's actually a uh, very similar to a, a line in a new song that I just released <laughs> songs nice. called breathe. And uh, nice. the chorus says, uh, don't give up on all your dreams. They're going to be reality. Give yourself some space to breathe. Uh, yeah. Keep pushing through uncertainty. So. beautiful love it yeah thanks <laughs> um but uh it, it's just it strikes so true though i mean so many people and we've talked about this before but so mm-hmm. many people are going to get to their end of end of their lives and just be filled with so many regrets because they spent their life saying i wish i wish i wish instead of actually doing anything and wishing doesn't get you yeah. anywhere and you just have to shut up and just do just it just do it like stop talking about it. Get off your butt right now. If you're listening to this podcast and you've been wishing your life away yeah. and you're wanting to do something that you haven't done, pause this podcast. I give you permission. Pause it right now and go to work <laughs> on whatever it is that you want to do because life is ticking away. Yeah. You, you don't have, you have any more it. time. You, you, you're running out. So get to it now. I agree. <sighs> but with that, you, 
it helps if you have a good support group, you know, like, absolutely. Um, you know, my life has been challenged by the fact that I've gotten to a certain level and then the people I was with at the time before me, before, he's talking about before, before me. Melissa did not support what I was doing. And I keep mm-hmm. giving up my dream and then starting over and then giving up my dream and then starting over. And now I'm at the place where I'm not giving up anymore. I'm just going for it as much as possible. Mm-hmm. But with, with a good support group, that's a lot easier. Did you ever encounter any resistance from family, friends, the world in general? Uh, how do you overcome that sort of stuff if you did? Uh, yes, 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 and yes. <laughs> the answer to that. So the thing is, we none of us live in a vacuum and we are all influenced heavily by forces outside of us. And these forces are primarily fall into about five groups, family, peers, media, government, education, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Between these five things, we get so much influence. Here's what you should do. Here's what you shouldn't do. Be smart about this. All these different things, right? Some, and I'm just going to say some of those forces have truly do have your best, hopefully have your best interests in mind. But even those people or entities are not necessarily tuned into you and what you need. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And who you are. Right. So it is very important to understand what you're hearing from the world and what you know to be true for you. Just take it back to the meditation. You meditate enough and you quiet your mind, your little brain that's running around in circles all day, like most of us. Mm -hmm. And you're going to start to know some real truth about who you are and what you're doing here and what's the point of all this, right? You're going to know about that connection. You're going to know where your pain is and where you can point that to help others, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Right. So, yes, we are constantly barraged by, you know, voices and and words that may or may not be helpful. Mm -hmm. Right. That's fine. It's all right to listen to all of that and then sift it through your own wisdom, your own truth, and then have the freaking guts Mm. to act on it because those forces and voices are loud and powerful. Yes. They will get you yep. if you do not, you know, heed this warning once again. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I'm, you know, our minds are so powerful. And if we listen to everything that everyone tells us about ourselves, then our, our versions of ourselves will be completely different. But if we go inward, like you're saying, doing practicing, doing meditations, learning who we are, then it's like that saying, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Because when people throw these, these comments and, and, you know, things about you that are not true, it's like, yeah, you know, that's, that's okay. You can think that I can't control your thoughts, but I can control mine. Yeah, I used to be paralyzed by uh, people's opinions of me. Paralyzed. Uh, I remember specifically a long time ago, um, back in the day, I used to 
do a lot of church work. And I, that's where I did a lot of my music was in church. And I remember I'd written a song and I was really excited about it. And the pastor I was serving under at the time did not like it. And, uh, that was his opinion. Many other people liked it. I was very confused. I was like, well, you know, why doesn't he like it? And it crushed me just to hear that one person that at the time was important to me, didn't like the thing that I brought to the table. And that, that fear of the failure and the fear of rejection and all of that kept me from writing more songs for a while for that particular position in my life. And it's, it's sad that, that I'm not alone in that at all. Like so many people, just because one person in their life says, mm, no, nah, I don't, I don't think that's good. It stops so many people dead in their tracks mm -hmm. and they just give up and never pick back up the thing that they loved or were really interested in pursuing. And so it's, it's really great that you're out there preaching this message and of, changing mindsets. Yeah. Cha of, of <laughs> saying you got to stop. You got to, you got to stop thinking that way. You have to be, be somebody who can push past the negativity and go after what's in your heart. Exactly. To know what you love mm -hmm. and to have the courage to pursue it. And that reminds me of a little story from my old buddy Bono from U2, as you know, mm -hmm. made that record. So a couple of years ago, I heard a, an interview with Bono and the guy, the interviewer asked him, so, you know, you're a multi-zillionaire. You don't mm -hmm. have, you know, 10 generations of your family don't have to work. You keep making records and touring, which is really hard. Like mm -hmm. that's, you know, yeah, sure. It's first class, but it's a, uh, you know, it's a lot of work. Yeah. It's exhausting. And, right. <laughs> and this, and this guy said, so why do you do this? And when are you going to stop? And he said, the only reason we do this is because we are blown away by our own music. We are turned on by what we do because we love this so much. And we have since we were teenagers, mm. right? And the day that's done, yeah, you're right. That's the end, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So that's kind of like showing here's somebody or, or a bunch of guys who they just love it, they know it, and they haven't always had positive feedback too. I mean, the bigger you get, the more negative feedback yeah, you're gonna get. Yeah, true. I mean, you remember when they put that album on everybody's phones? Yeah, that didn't do that was <laughs> <laughs> that was a big oops. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, so anyway, the point is the point taken is is what you said there, which is know what you love mm -hmm. and don't let anybody's opinion, you know, sway you. Because the truth is. If you're doing something well, someone is not going to like it. And that's mm -hmm. good. Like yep. this thing with my book, right? Not effing around. I've had people say to me, like, what is your problem? You know, putting a cuss word in your book and, you know, during my talks and stuff, they're like, <laughs> you know, stop cussing. I'm like, fuck no. <laughs> it's just <laughs> right? a you, word. It's just a word. And if you don't like it, you're not. It, that's fine with me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're not my people. Right. Please go away. And my people come running. Mm -hmm. Yep. Right. Yeah. So if that one guy didn't like it, tough luck for him. Yeah. Yeah. We say that all the time too. Like we don't want everybody to like our content. In fact, if you don't like our content, great. Love that you don't like it. But the people that do like it, we're going to continue to make content for that, those people, because mm -hmm those people are connecting with it just because you don't connect with something doesn't mean it's not that 
it's not good. I can't stand country music. Sorry for all the country music fans out there. I just out there in Cambodia. Yes. All of our Cambodian country fans. Um, (laughs) We, I, I just, it grind grinds my nerves to listen to country and that's me, but there's a million billion people in the world that love country unbeknownst of why to me. Uh, But I can't say that country music is inherently bad because it's not because there are people that connect with it. Just because you don't connect with something doesn't mean Mm -hmm. it's bad. And people need to change that mindset and stop saying that your personal taste and your personal flavor is what dictates what's good or not. Like get over yourself. Opinions. Everything is still opinions. You know, it's, it's, it's what you like versus what someone else likes. And what we need to learn to do is to communicate. Well, why do you like this? Why do you like that? Mm-hmm. You know, what is it that you don't like about that? And if we communicated more, then we would actually learn from each other. And just instead of, I mean, I see like Facebook or whatever, you know, people always constantly argue about their point is right. And my point is right. And it's like, well, why? Like, why do you, why? Let's, brilliant, let's, brilliant let's talk about it. Ar- right. yeah. Arguing on, arguing on media. Yeah. yeah. Right. One of, one of my dear friends, his name is Melvin. So shout out to Melvin. He, wa- he once told me a quote that I never forgot. He said, opinions are like buttholes. Everybody's got them and a lot of them stink. (laughs) Melvin is correct on that one. (laughs) I love that. You know, and it's, it's, it goes back to when you, when you hear people talking about you, I did a show on discovery channel called naked and afraid. And on the show, my partner tapped out and I went and won the show, you know, by myself at the end, I was there eight days by myself you know, went through and the producer actually told me at the very end, he was like, Hey, at the end of this, he was like, we know you rocked it. We were there with you. We were there along the journey. He was like, but just do not read the comments. Don't go and read the comments because there are trolls that sit on their couch and they watch your episode and they're like, you should have done this. You should have done this you know, and, and whatever they say about you, your personality or anything else. And, you know, I was one of those people that I was like, I'm sorry, but I do have to read the comments, you know, but, you know, at the same time, I want to know what people are saying about me. I want to know, you know, what their thoughts are about me. And um, at the end of the day, it is just people's thoughts. And there's a lot more good than there are bad most of the time. And you just have to like, you know, Jeff said earlier, you have to just shift those out and keep all of the positive stuff that you hear and keep that in your heart and just know that you are powerful. You're worthy, you're limitless, and you can do anything that you put your mind to. Absolutely. Totally. (laughs) We love to preach a little bit. (laughs) Sorry. Bring it. So let's talk a little bit. You're working on a new book and uh, you were telling us a little bit about that before the show started and uh, I'm really excited because it goes right in line with this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is the first time I'm talking about it publicly. So got the scoop. We're going to reveal. Exactly. Um, The title is still, I'm not quite sure what the title is, but it's essentially how to be a happy 
and successful human, not based on all the concepts that those five um, pillars of influence often, you know, talk to us about, you know, the family, the education, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. So what really matters? And again, it's tapping into your truth. It is giving in ways as well as receiving. Mm -hmm. Right. Some people are too far on one side. Some are too far on the other side. It's really about the balance. I kind of get into Taoism. It's a Chinese philosophy of the flow of energy through our lives. Mm -hmm. So how that gets in there. And, you know, from there, understanding who we are and what we can do and that we're really, although we are individuals, and this kind of goes back to the songwriting stuff, Mm -hmm. we are individuals. We are also part of a whole. Mm -hmm. Yep. Right. So yes, we need to pay the rent and feed ourselves and things like that. And we are part of this whole globe, this whole earth. And how can we do something positive, do things that are positive, both for ourselves and the world? I love it. I'm so ready to read it right now. Yeah, we're we're (laughs) definitely buying it to let us know as soon as it comes out. (laughs) We will share it and let all of our listeners know all over the world. You definitely have to have to buy this book. Um, And now, Jeff, this is some of our this is our favorite part of the podcast because we want to celebrate you and we love success stories. We love to stop and take moments. A lot of times we forget about those moments when something amazing happens in our life and, and we just keep going and, and it passes us by. And then before we know it, another moment's passed us by. So we want to stop and celebrate. So what would you like to stop and celebrate big or small, any of your successes recently? One of my former clients just sent me the book that she started when we were working together and now she's finishing it and publishing it and it is so freaking good that's awesome that's amazing yeah so you know as a coach seeing my students and clients and whatever do their thing Mm -hmm. whether it's the whole way to the finish line like the book or even just getting started like going from zero to one is a, is a hell of a lot better than zero to zero. Right. You know um, so it gives me great joy to see my clients and students do stuff and be happy about it and, you know, get that healing and that accomplishment f- and being seen and all that stuff from their artwork, their creative, their creative works. I love that. And congratulations. Congratulations to you. We are so excited. And if you if you want to have them um, plug their book, we'll be happy to share it. Oh, sweet. Yeah, yeah I'll tell her. <laughs> She'll be very happy to <laughs> get on a podcast, I'm sure. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Well, uh, so where can people get your book? Where can they find out about your training, sure. your coaching, all the yep. good stuff? Where can they connect with you? Yep. So uh, the book, easy. Let's go to our friends at Amazon yeah. or any other place, but Amazon's your probably your best bet. Um, but to really get in touch with me, you want to be able to spell my last name. <laughs> Hopefully you guys can write that out there somewhere. It'll be, on, it'll be yep. everywhere. It'll be everywhere. Jeff, JeffLizowitz.com. I've got a ton of blog posts on there, a bunch of other stuff. And I love to do complimentary coaching sessions 
hmm. with, you know, on Zoom, people all over the world. I, I literally have clients all over the freaking world, although I haven't yet had someone from Cambodia. Cambodia. So if you're listening uh, in Cambodia, you're listening, yeah. bring it, yo. I yeah. want to talk to you. Come on, Jeff. Um, Jeff wants to talk to you. You heard although, it right here. Although I got to say, when I have the Australian clients and stuff like that, the, the time shift is so crazy. Oh, I bet. <laughs> Is it like 1 a.m. in the morning? You're like, okay, I'm awake. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. The way it works is I've got my hours and they got to make it work. (laughs) (laughs) A smart man right there. So you can go to the website, check out all the stuff, and yeah, you can just sign up for that. And I I love to help people. Anybody who is ready to step in and find their truth and, you know, get real and, and really create a life worth living through their creativity. Yeah. I mean... I feel like that everything you've already spoken about is so on the same page with what we're trying to do on the podcast, where we want to promote, you know, life. We just really want to promote humanity as a connection, as a whole. Mm -hmm. Um, So so, uh, what final advice would you like to give to our listeners about getting their creative dreams off the ground? Well, you both already said it and you weren't the first to say it. I believe a sneaker company in the 70s <laughs> came up with this. And that would be just do it. Right. right. The, mm-hmm. the hours and days of, of our lives are always ticking. Right. You don't want to be the one who's sitting there thinking, like, oh crap, I should have done this. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You have so 365 good. days every single year to make a difference, to make changes, to change habits, to change your lifestyle, to change everything, to make all the changes you want, just one day at a time, one minute at a time, one second at a time. Yeah. And you don't have to wait till New Year's to make these decisions. Like uh, if, if you didn't like the way the last 365 days went for your life, well, guess what? You have a brand new set of 365. That Every starts- day. That starts right now. Every single day. So this next 365 days, do something. Mm -hmm. Do something creative. Do something new. Do something that scares you. Do something that you might regret the next day, but do something (laughs) and you'll just see that it'll- Something good. It'll radically change your life. We're not saying to go do just anything. Just go do something good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just love it. Well, awesome, Jeff. You've been so great. We are so excited about the new book and everything that's coming out. If you guys want to connect with him, definitely head over to his website and do that free coaching session with him. Uh, what was it? 30 minutes, you said? Uh, it's about 30 minutes. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Awesome. So head over there, go ahead and do that free coast coaching session with him and please reach out to him and sh- uh, share your success. So with that, thanks, Jeff. For yeah, this being has on been so good. I cool. thoroughly enjoyed this. So. Yeah. Awesome. Me too. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Awesome. We'll, we'll talk see to you, you soon. again soon. Yes. <laughs> All right. Bye. Now that's a cool guy. Like, I think that people always look at us and they're like, oh my gosh, you guys do so much. He does everything we do and more. And more. I mean. And he's critically acclaimed for it. (laughs) (laughs) I am so excited to not only have a connection with him, but, you know, also we want to inspire. We want to learn and we are buying his book. We Mm -hmm. are going to buy his new book that comes out. You know, we want to support and support 
those creatives who are really making a difference in the world. And Jeff definitely is. Yeah. He's, he's not only got the talent, but he's got the mindset. He's Mm -hmm. got the heart to really make a difference in this world. And that's the kind of people that everybody needs to get behind and support because it's these people that are going to change the world. Mm -hmm. And so if, if you like supporting things like that, definitely support Jeff. If you like supporting things like this podcast, go over to patreon.com slash creative global and hit that support button because I'm telling you, podcasting is one of those things where it's a labor of love. I mean, we don't do this for the money, uh, but like we could use a little support. We could use your help uh, getting the word out there about this podcast, telling your friends about mm-hmm. it. Even, even if you don't want to give money on Patreon, that's fine. Do us a solid and tell somebody else about this podcast. Yeah, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your neighbor, tell your milkman. Do do you still have milkman? I don't think they have. Tell your mailman. They definitely have a mailman or woman. Yeah, uh, a male person. But milk people. Uh, <laughs> we should we should have milk people again. Should we? We should deliver milk to your door. You just ding dong. You open up. You have your milk. You put it in your fridge. Well, no offense. And to- it's and it's from happy cows from farm raised farm right down the road no offense to people who uh are in the milk business but most people say you shouldn't really be drinking animal milk these days we don't even do it so i guess we got off topic (laughs) anyway support people you know that's what this world's about if we can't support each other then who you know how are we going to make it in this world and and we want to support you we want to talk to you. We want to hear your stories of success and share those with everybody because we want to celebrate success, all of it, because it just gets us excited. And it's big or small. And we want to make sure that you guys are taking a break and celebrating your successes. So when you have something amazing happen in your life, just stop and take a moment, take a breath and celebrate it. Yeah. Jump up and down, make funny noises and enjoy yourself because that's what life's about is having a good time and doing things that you like. So just be, be happy, be healthy, be friendly. And with that, this has been a creative global podcasting production. Did you get motivated? Do you feel inspired? Don't worry about keeping up with the Joneses anymore. And don't forget to celebrate your successes every single day. Thank you for taking this journey with us. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Reimagine Success Pod. Email us at reimaginesuccesspod at gmail.com and let us know what your successes are. Head over to patreon.com slash creative global for bonus and behind the scenes content. New episodes every Thursday at reimaginesuccesspod.com or your favorite podcast streaming platform. So let's change our mindsets and reimagine success. <laughs>